This is the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 84. On today's Get Ruthed coaching episode, we are chatting with Carissa Shaw about learning how to stay motivated even when you're scared and focusing your attention on the tasks that will have the biggest impact. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. Today's episode was brought to you by Elite Blog Academy, our online program that teaches you step-by-step how to build a successful, profitable, and sustainable online business. Whether you already have a business or you're just thinking about starting one, EBA provides a comprehensive and proven approach to refining your message, growing your audience, and generating a sustainable revenue. With more than 11,000 students in 60 countries worldwide, we know exactly what works and what doesn't. And our goal is to help you create a business that you love. If you are interested in finding out more, we invite you to join our free training just for podcast listeners at doitscared.com slash EBA. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash EBA. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. As always, my name is Ruth Sukup, and I'm the founder of Living Well, Spending Less and the Living Well Planner, as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of six books, including my newest book, Do It Scared. In today's Get Ruthed coaching episode, we're talking to EBA student Carissa Shaw. Carissa is the founder of Mom Needs Chocolate, a business devoted to helping women find the sweetness in the everyday crazy. Her readers and customers are busy working moms looking for recipes, tips, and inspiration. She gets fired up about creating recipes, writing helpful content, and seeing the impact of that content on the people who need it most. But she struggles with staying motivated to do the tasks that don't feel like they're urgent right now, even though she knows they will pay off later. Right now, she really needs help, first of all, with getting her spark back. She's been blogging for six years, and frankly, she's feeling pretty burnt out. She also needs help figuring out how to prioritize her to-do list and how to know which activities to focus on, as well as which ones it's okay to skip. Finally, she wants help figuring out what kind of product to launch, as everything she's tried so far feels like it's been a flop. We're going to dive into Carissa's business in just a minute, but before we do, I want to make sure that you know that you can get the show notes for this episode along with all the links to everything we're going to be talking about by visiting doitscared.com slash episode 84. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash episode 84. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to head over to doitscared.com to take our free fear assessment to find out exactly how fear might be showing up in your life and potentially holding you back as well as to discover exactly what you can do about it. And while you're there, remember that you can also sign up for our free business training masterclass at doitscared.com slash EBA. Okay, my friends, without further ado, let's take a dive into Carissa's business. Hey, Carissa, how are you? I'm excited to dive into your business today. 
I'm great. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, good. Are you nervous? Yes. <laughs> you, sound nervous. you sound nervous. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I am nervous and nervous excited though. I'm it's so a good kind of opportunity. Nervous. Yeah, exactly. Good. Good. Well, let's just dive in. No point in wasting any time. I would love to just start by understanding a little bit more about what you're doing now and what seems to be working versus where you're struggling. So I would say what's working is um my content, I do feel like it does hit pretty well with uh, my readers. Um, my avatar is a working mom. So I'm really looking to provide um, recipes and tips, kind of like those life hacks for a working mom. Um, and I think that's that, you know, my content's going pretty well. I love blogging. So that, I think that's good. <laughs> um, I really enjoy it. Um, everything else just feels a bit messy though. Um, so, if there's not as much going well at the moment that I, <laughs> as I wish was going well as far into blogging as I am. I feel like um, I wish I could say more than just content is great, but that's kind of where it's at right now. So can you give me some more specific examples? What are the things that feel messy or like they're not going very well? So some things happened um, recently that required... <laughs> really stripping down to the bones on some things. Um, to make a really long story short, I discovered that my site speed was garbage. <laughs> uh, my site speed was horrendous. And I had noticed some things happening where, you know, last fall I wrote a post about letter boards, those cute little letter boards and, you know, all kinds of ideas for um, quotes to put on your letter boards. And it really hit very well. And t lots of traffic was coming in. And then all of a sudden it just kind of went away, but in a, in a different way. Cause this wasn't like a viral post on Facebook or something that you would expect it to just go away at some point. Um, some things just weren't quite right. And I started getting some strange notifications. And so I did some checking and realized my site speed was awful. And so Google was punishing me and some of my top performing posts all of a sudden fell way off the first page of Google search. So this was very upsetting, obviously, um, and um, kind of had to go back to the drawing board and figure out why. And turns out it was the site speed. Um, so I had to have someone help me fix that. And he tested one of my pages and we found out that like just this one particular post that he randomly tested was loading in 17 seconds which is horrendous. Wow. It That's was pretty still, slow. Yeah, very, very bad. <laughs> like an eternity in internet hours. <laughs> exactly. That's awful. And um, so I had to completely take apart so many things that I was doing. So like, for instance, um, no, you're probably not going to hear this, but right now I'm not collecting emails. <laughs> At all? <laughs> At all. <laughs> it all went away. Oh, oh Carissa. <laughs> It's so embarrassing. It's a good thing you're here because we, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Devastating. <laughs> so I um, had to completely like take away all of the slide-ins and all the different things I had for opt-ins. Everything had to go away because we had to fix my site. So that's all fine and good, but it's been weeks and I haven't fixed it. So how long ago was this that this all went down where you finally got it fixed? You said weeks. Yeah, how, many, how many weeks? weeks? Oh, I'm going to say three or four. And I've just been stuck and feeling burned out. 
in a big way. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about that for a minute. So, yes. were you feeling stuck before all of this happened? Yes, definitely. You were. Yeah, you were. Mm-hmm. Was it a different yeah. kind of stuck? How long have you been feeling stuck? I, you know, it's been really since probably January. It's been a year of just feeling very overwhelmed and kind of like I'm hiding, I think. <laughs> um, it's just, so, it's just so much is going on. So I, I quit my job. I took a huge step, which is amazing. I finally just decided, okay, I'm going full-time into this blogging thing. And I took on a part-time virtual assistant client just to make sure I had that, you know, kind of base income. And I left my job in March, my full-time job, which was such a big step. And I expected to feel energized and excited and like all in. And instead it felt overwhelming and terrifying, <laughs> And I just kind of fell apart. And so it's very frustrating to me in a moment that I had waited for for years to be released to work from home and to focus on the blog instead of having like a kind of a growing momentum and really, um, you know, moving forward. I feel like I've just stopped because it's just so overwhelming. <laughs> All of a sudden, yeah. it's like, wow, my livelihood is really tied to this now. Yes. And instead of letting that inspire me and like push me forward, I'm just like... It's paralyzing. Yeah, it's totally, totally para- paralyzing. And I feel like, you know, for instance, just the small thing of like rebuilding my email opt-ins sounds so simple, right? But I sit down and I just go, I don't even know where to begin because part of the problem was the um, plugins I was using to do that were a huge drain on resources on my site. So I don't want to break it again um, and harm, you know, my numbers and and viewers coming into my site because they're not finding my content on Google because my site's so slow right now it's good. And so I'm scared to ruin it again, you know, and I just don't, I just feel so stuck on so many things. Um, That's just one thing. That's one example, but yeah. But that's a pretty big one. It's a really that, big one. That is probably fresh in your mind because it just happened pretty exactly. recently. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, it's a big deal to quit your job and to actually go all in. And it's, and I know that you, like, there's that part of you that was thinking this could be completely energizing and this yeah. is going to be the thing where I feel like it's actually totally normal to be feeling the way that you're feeling of like, oh my gosh, this is so big and scary. I don't even know what to do. That's, that's a very normal reaction, especially if you were for a long time thinking about doing this, taking this step of quitting your job was probably something you thought about for a long time, this big goal that you had. And all of a sudden you hit that and you're like, well, now what do I do? (laughs) Right. Is that a little exactly and then you know I just always had a picture in my mind of what it would look like to wake up at that first day of I work from home I work for myself and how how I would organize my day and how I would do things and I just it, it has not been easy <laughs> it's been like I don't really want to get out of bed I just want to sit in my pajamas and it's not working I it, I have to manage my energy better I have to approach it like an actual job, not like a, Hey, I just get to sit in my pajamas and work from the couch. Cause that's not working. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
not, I'm not working. Well, sometimes that. it can be, but yeah, but that, yeah. Can, that definitely does make an, make an impact. I, I actually t- can totally relate to what you're saying when I, after my husband quit his job and so, and the all of a sudden, all of the income fell on me. That was, I remember having that same sort of reaction of like, oh my gosh, what did we just do? I am so scared. I'm so terrified. I felt so overwhelmed and I didn't know what, like it was almost, it was, it was paralyzing. It felt that exact same way. It was, I thought it was going to be amazing, this amazing feeling. And it did not feel amazing. It felt like, oh crap, what did we just do? And the thing I that helped me so much because I realized that at that point I had been going towards that had been the goal that I was going towards this goal of, okay, I need to get, I need to get my husband to quit his job. Well, I didn't have anything really planned for after that. Like what does after that look like? And so I, I felt so paralyzed because I didn't really have a direction that I needed to go. And so the first thing that really helped me was to, I remember I created this blog planner for myself. This ended up being the precursor to what's now the living well planner. And I should, I think I have it here in my office somewhere, but um, it was, I created this little planner for myself where I actually set goals, like long-term goals that I wanted to accomplish by the end of the year. And then I would break those down into goals for the month. And then I would break those down into a plan for the week. And that was what would help me because then I had a focus every single week and every single day of what actually needed to, what needed to happen. So have you, have you tried with planning and goal setting? Have you, how has that been going for you? It hasn't been going. (laughs) I haven't done any of that. Now I'm thinking, I'm feeling so stupid. Like, I mean, this seems so obvious, but that's not I think in the fear of the moment of like, okay, I need to pay the bills next week. I feel like so much. I'm just doing tasks and I'm just trying to like get this done, get this done so I can make this much money by the end of the week. Um, And I'm just too focused, almost like hand to mouth, you know, instead of thinking like long-term, what should my goals be here? What should I be reaching for to grow and to do the things that are important, not that, you know, I feel so stuck in the urgent that I haven't really even set the goals that I need to be setting. Um, so it seems so obvious now that we're talking about it, but I haven't but done it. It's not, it's and especially like, don't, you can't beat yourself up about this because you're in, you're in survival mode right now. And that's totally the normal reaction when you're in survival mode. And this is true, whether or not you, you've got a blog or a business or whether you're just in the survival mode of life and trying to just keep up on all the stuff and your home, your probably dealing with a lot of normal home and life stuff at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you're just (laughs) trying to check off the boxes and get through the motions and get food on the table and still get all the, get all the blog stuff done that you need to get done. And that's totally normal. And when you're in that, when you're so deep in the weeds, it's hard to think bigger about stuff. It's hard to think, okay, well, what's the longer term implications of what I'm doing or what do I need to be striving for? And then the problem with that too, is that because even if you have thought like, oh yeah, I'd like to do that someday, it doesn't connect to what you're doing right now because it feels so far off that it doesn't feel urgent right now. It doesn't feel super important right now. There's, it's hard to work up the motivation to do those kind of things, to set aside time to work on stuff that you don't know even when that's going to pay off. Yeah. And, but it really, but all I can say is that you're going to have to, 
the next thing that you need to do is take a step back and go, and this is a great time of year to do it because you can start planning for 2020. So it's almost like you don't, you have this, this little buffer time where you could go, okay, I can think about goals, but I don't actually have to start working on them until next month or whatever, (laughs) but it's good to be thinking about them now. So what do I want to accomplish in the next year? What, where do I want to be a year from now? And what is it going to take to get there? What are the things that I'm going to need to do to get there? So where is your revenue coming from right now? Um, Just from ads and sponsored posts. And that's it. Um, Okay. I did like a really big push last fall to create products. And, um, you know, I created like my tripwire and lead magnet and all of that, which all right now is not, none of it is in use at all. (laughs) So it is fine. It was just kind of like that initial thing. I knew that like, this is just where I'm starting because I need to learn how to do this stuff. I need to learn how to set up a store. I need to learn how to do all of these things. Um, But then I just didn't follow through afterwards. So this last year I've had zero products created, um, not doing really any affiliate marketing, really no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. How many products do you have? Well, none actually really right now. None. Um, so oh, last what year, were the ones that you created? So last year I created a planner, just a, you know, printable planner, which a lot of people do, but I felt like that was just a good thing to kind of like sink my teeth into and learn. And it, it was a lot of work to put together. Um, and then I had a kitchen organizing pack that was um, more of like a tripwire kind of product. And then I just created like a cookbook, a PD. PDF cookbook, which a lot of people have downloaded because that's free. Um, so that was fine. That was how I was getting email signups. Um, but that's it. And um, yeah, I've not done anything since then with creating products. I feel so that's another big fear point for me is just like, I don't know how to do this. And so I'm scared. So I don't do anything. <laughs> and then, or I feel like I don't have really great ideas or I'm not sure how to like flesh out the ideas I have to create a really good product. I'm still just feeling so inadequate in that area. So, which is also very normal feeling, (laughs) but that doesn't mean you don't get to do it. Right. (laughs) Still have to push past that. So we're going to work through that, but I want to hear a little bit more. So what are you spending most of your time on these days? Just content creation. Um, so a lot of time spent on recipes, coming up with ideas and photographing, um, the recipes. I also do this for other bloggers and I sell my content. Um, not my content. I create content for them and sell that to them. So it's also how I'm making extra money kind of outside of my blog. Um, it's, I don't really consider that blogging because it's more of virtual assistant kind of work. So um, on the blog, I'm mostly just spending my time creating content, um, but <laughs> not posting it. <laughs> so this is another frustration. I feel like you're just going to be like, what is wrong with you? Um, I, <laughs> I just Tell me through, about that. <laughs> I just went through my file and I have 30 <sighs> posts um, ready to go in my, my backlog, but I'm barely posting one a week. So and why are you not, why are you not posting? It's again, just letting the urgent things get in my way. The things that I'm like, oh, this brings me money right now. 
Whereas, yes, this post, I really, I feel like it's going to hit well and I know it's going to bring in revenue on its own, but it's going to, that's months away. You know, it's going to take a while for that to build. So I let the urgent thing of like, oh, hey, this person would like me to take pictures of this recipe and I'll make money right now doing that. Okay. I let that take precedence. Um, And also, you know, my virtual assistant client who's amazing and I always give them top priority. And I feel like I'm always selling myself short and my work goes to the back. And if I get to it, I get to it. That's that's hard to say. That's really hard to say. So (laughs) I was, I was, I'm looking at your fear archetype results right now. I see that you're high pessimist and high people pleaser. I was definitely going to guess that you're a high people pleaser. Yeah. Just because of the putting others, other people's stuff before you. But I can also see a little bit of the pessimist. And that's probably more because you've had some setbacks and some struggles recently. I would say for you, the pessimist, that pessimist archetype coming out is more a temporary season that you're in of mm-hmm. just feeling like scared to take risks, scared to put yourself out there, scared to really take any yeah. chances on stuff because you just don't know because you just made this huge leap that was really scary of actually quitting your job to do this. And now it feels like like you just need to be in the safe place. And for exactly. you, for you right now, doing the VA stuff and the virtual yeah. assisting is the safest thing because that's the sure money. So how much are you, how much time are you spending right now with your virtual assisting? 15 hours a week. And that's 15 it. hours a week for the one client. Yes. For one client. Sorry. That wasn't being okay. specific because I do sort of categorize these things separately in my, my mind, but creating content and taking food photographs for other bloggers, I would say probably 10 to 15 hours a week. So I would say easily 30 hours a week is consumed by other things besides my own. Wow. That's a lot. And how much are you spending? How much time are you spending on your own stuff? Oh, maybe five hours, five to 10 hours a week. So So that, so about out of 40 hours a week, you're spending only about a quarter on your own stuff. Yeah. Oh, it does a little bit sound crazy. I mean, there's a couple different ways that you can go with it. Like you're, and this is, this is life, right? No matter what you're going through in life, you always have to figure out a balance of how do I, how do I meet my short-term needs, which is mm-hmm. money to pay the bills. That's important. That's important. You don't get to just not have revenue coming in, right? Mm-hmm. You, you maybe, you know, I don't know what your financial situation. Maybe you do have the luxury of saying, okay, I can, I can go six months without having any money coming in, but I'm guessing for most people, yeah. that's not <laughs> a realistic situation. So you yeah, know, <laughs> to think about how am I going to have money coming in, but how am I, how am I going to make time for this other stuff and make this other stuff a priority while I still am figuring out a way to have the short-term revenue come in that I need. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge deal. So right now your, your pendulum is all the way onto the virtual assisting and the content creation for other people. 75% of your time, right? That 75% of your time. I I am creating content for myself too, but like I said, you're not posting it. No, it doesn't count. It's exact. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) It doesn't count. (laughs) You're not using it. It doesn't count. Um, so, 
I'm curious, first of all, I mean, do you want to continue doing virtual assistant work? No, <laughs> I especially don't want to continue creating content for other bloggers where it, it, it just takes so much time and energy. And so many times I'm, you know, I'm basically selling things and I'm thinking I, I should be keeping this. Like, I don't want to sell this. Um, so it just feels like I'm robbing myself when mm-hmm. I do that. And, you know, typically I make very little, but I can do so much that it kind of adds up to be a good amount of money. So why aren't you charging more for that? Because they won't pay more. Yeah. So, um, so if you charge more than you, that, I, I can't that goes anything. away completely. Yeah, exactly. It's mm-hmm. just kind of how the market is with, there's a group of us that do this work and we can all see what everyone's charging. And, you know, as, as it goes, somebody comes in that's newer and kind of undercuts everybody and says, I'll do it for this much. And <laughs> you're like, there's no way I can, I can give my time away basically for that. So I try to like balance it and just say, okay, I can work for this amount and, try not to undersell myself too much, but not overcharge to the point where I can't get any work. I hate That's, doing this. It, it's very frustrating. It's just that immediate thing though, because I can immediately you know, send content to another blogger and fulfill a need for them to have constant you know, content on their site. But then also immediately I get money. <laughs> so... That's why it's so, it kind of reels me in. I'm like, oh, you know, I can do two recipes today and make so much money. But I do not enjoy doing it. It is a huge drag on my energy and my creative resources. So I especially would like to not be doing that. So why don't you stop? Well, I have a mortgage. <laughs> it's just, I just feel like in the immediate, it just helps make, make ends meet. And I had considered stopping and picking up another virtual assistant client that I do just administrative work for. And I actually was almost to a point of taking on a client last week. And at the last minute, I was like, no, this isn't the right choice. I will be getting myself further from my goal and I will be tying myself down more and more. And I, it just didn't feel like the right choice. So I said no to that one. So um I'm kind of just kind of stuck in the middle right now, kind of going, okay, how much can I let go of these things that are distracting me (sighs) or how much can I back down on them? Um, It's so scary. (laughs) So how much money, how much money are we talking? Like how much money per month is this, is that particular piece of your business bringing in creating Um, content for other bloggers? It depends on how much I do, how much energy I have, we, you know, how busy I am, but it could be over a thousand dollars, a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. that, that, that you need to start replacing yeah. as soon as possible. Okay. Yeah. So if you're not ready to give that up right now, if, the, if having that sure, sure income coming in right now is part of your temporary solution for paying your mortgage and get, which this is life. We always have to right. think about this kind of stuff. Then you've got to figure out how you're going to spend more time on, on your, on your own stuff. Maybe that means for a while you need to be working 50 hours a week or 60 hours a week in order to make that happen. There are seasons that you have to go through where those are the seasons of hustle. You know, we talk like there's a lot that goes out there about work-life balance and how you shouldn't do too much and don't push yourself. I don't subscribe to that theory. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I feel like you, you, that sometimes when you are trying, especially when you're trying to get a business off the ground, you got to be, you got to be willing to work harder than anybody in order to make that happen. But I think the bigger problem that you're running into is this extreme self-doubt of your own stuff. And so it makes it easier to focus on other people and not focus on your own stuff because you're doubting, you're doubting your own stuff, not even willing to publish your own posts and get those out there. And that's the part where I think we need to really work on and work through and think about how we're going to problem solve that area. So right now, the rest of your revenue is coming from, so your VA work is what percentage of your revenue? Well, including the work for the bloggers uh, that I work with, it's probably 60%. Okay. And then the rest is coming mostly from ad network revenue and a few sponsored posts, posts, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and none for product sales. No. have products that you're not selling. How many people are on your email list and how much traffic are you getting? So my email list is really small. It's grown very slowly. I'm only around 1,400. And of course, last few weeks, I've not gained any new subscriptions. Um, And traffic is uh, around 50,000 unique views a month. Okay. So um, kind of rebuilding from relying way too much on Pinterest. Pinterest used to bring me more than 100,000 views a month. And then it all changed. (laughs) As it does. Yeah, I've had to pivot a little bit. So... I'm focusing more on SEO now to try to boost my traffic, but of course not posting enough content isn't helping (laughs) with that. Well, if you're creating it and not posting it, that's, I feel like that's a problem in itself, but I would also say that there is a point because you have a lot of content on your site and you have a lot of stuff. You're getting a decent amount of traffic. What you're not doing is working on growing your email list. And you brought up a point that Pinterest used to be great. was easy traffic. Now it's not quite so great anymore. And that trust me, that's going, that happens. SEO goes through waves. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not great. You experience that also. You were getting great SEO and then your site speed was down and suddenly you went off of the front page of Google. Like that, they, Google controls Google. Google controls what they show on Google. You don't get to control that. You can, you can optimize and I recommend optimizing. You can optimize for Pinterest and you can work, you still use Pinterest as a great tool. Same thing with Facebook and Instagram and whatever, whatever other tools there are out there. But at the end of the day, the only thing that you get to control is your email list. And if you're not working on building that, then you are setting yourself up for the next thing to go away. You're not, if you're not constantly working on growing your email list and increasing that on-site conversion rate and making sure that the people who are coming from Pinterest or Google or wherever they come from are opting in, getting your free cookbook and getting to be Carissa fans rather than just random internet surfers, then that's always going to be a struggle. You will always be dependent on somebody else's platform. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. So what's the deal with email? Why why does it scare you so much? Oh, I don't even want to say it. I feel like it sounds so petty, but I just need email. And it's a personal problem that I have let drag me down Um, because it's kind of, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. It's not that I hate email. It's just that I haven't found my groove with it. 
And um, I haven't really applied myself and figured out how how to talk to my people there. And um, so I almost never send emails. <laughs> oh man, that's such a mess. Um, so I very rarely send emails <laughs> to my very small list. Um, so yeah, you are right. I that is a huge area where I have been kind of just burying my head in the sand and just going, I know I should do this. I know I should do this, but, but you're not to do this. Yeah, but I'm not. So instead of just being like, I'm going to figure this out, I'm going to make, I'm going to figure out my way. Like I did on other social media platforms that initially I was like, you know, but I figured out how I liked to reach my people on those platforms. Same with email. And I don't know why, I've just held myself back and just not done it. Just haven't done it. That's all. Okay. So can I get a commitment from you that you will do it? Yes, absolutely. That's good because seriously, and here's, here's why you need to focus on this. If you're only going to focus on one thing, it should be getting your email list up and running, starting to nurture that list, starting to talk to that list because, oh, there's so much power in that email list. You have no idea. If you're looking at wanting to increase your revenue, that's where that's where the money is in that list. Your email will convert, your email list will convert way higher than anything else. So if you want to sell products, which you have a product that you can sell, you already have it, you're not selling it, but you have one. Yeah. <laughs> run a flash sale to your email list and make some money tomorrow. You could literally do that tomorrow and there would be no reason not to. That's the thing. You could do affiliate promotions on a regular basis to your email list mm-hmm. and and you can do all sorts of stuff. And that doesn't mean you're being spammy. That doesn't mean that you're being not true to yourself. You know who your avatar is, right? You're dealing with busy working moms who are looking for solutions to make their time, make the most use out of their time, right? To find the sweetness yeah. in life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's a million different affiliate pr- products, pr- products that you probably love that you could be promoting with great affiliate commissions in tomorrow. You could start doing that tomorrow. And not only would you start making more money right away, your readers would actually thank you for that. They, when you are looking out for them and you're finding your unique voice there and you're letting yourself in your true personality shine through those emails and you're letting that relationship build, that's where the magic happens with blogging. It's not with actually posting content on your website. Mm-hmm. Your, your blog is a marketing tool. I mean, that's why like blogging is, is great and blogging is amazing, but it's really just a marketing tool to create a relationship with people. It's, it's that first point of introduction, which needs to then lead people to something deeper. It needs to lead them to a relationship because when you can start to develop a tribe of people who know you and like you and trust you and are interested in what, what you have to say, but also feel like you like them and you have their back, that is that is powerful. That's the most powerful thing there is. And then it doesn't matter what you, basically what you have to sell. Because first of all, they will tell you what products they need and you'll be able to start creating those products for them, which I know that's one of your questions. Like what, what products do I create? Well, create a relationship first and then worry about the products to create. And, but also 
that I know you're not doing a lot of affiliate marketing, but you don't even have to create your own products. As long as you have products that you love, that you can recommend to people, stuff that you're using, find the affiliate program for that and start, start recommending that kind of stuff, especially, I mean, I'm the, I'm the kind of person, if somebody I like recommends something, I buy it instantly. I mean, just, it's just a time saver. Right. And that's what we do. We, we, when our friends recommend something, we buy it and that's what you get to be to your readers. Yeah. I'm so excited. Actually, (laughs) I have chills. This is the first time I've really thought about email that way. You know, I, I think the sort of people pleaser fear of the time that I have there has lied to me and told me that emailing people is bothering them. And I don't think that's true. I think I can, I can, you know, write emails that are going to be really helpful and enriching to people. And I just yes. didn't think of it that way at all before. Yeah. I mean, it was just a thing I needed to do that I, another task is how it felt. And I, don't think that's right. No, it's, it's all about creating a relationship. And I mean, and I've seen your content. You've, you are a guest contributor for living well, spending less. So I get the benefit of getting to see what content you put out there and it's amazing. But also on your blog, your content is amazing. Your recipes are amazing. You are a really good writer. You have really good, really good, really practical tips to share. And you're absolutely right. What you can put out there is going to actually help people and help those that those people that are your avatar, those busy moms who are just desperate for like a little nugget of encouragement, you can provide that. And the thing is about email is that there will be some people that you're not for, right? That it's just too much or they don't, it's too many emails or whatever. There's always going to be those people. And then there are going to be a lot more people who soak it up and who will send you thank yous. Even when you are sending a sales campaign and you're, and you're promoting a product or promoting something else, as long as you're providing value there and, and letting people know, like, I got you, this is going to help you that it's, it's amazing how that the relationship is so much deeper through email than any, anything else you could ever try. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I feel energized. That's what I mean. Do you? That's good. We do need to get you energized because one of my concerns for you is that I mean, it sort of came up when you were talking about the having to compete with other people and then there's somebody who comes in with and undercuts the price of, I don't want you to be a bottom feeder. And you're a little bit right now, your business is kind of in that scarcity, coming from a place of scarcity, like there's not enough money to go around and I have to just get what I can. And I'm not, I can't charge what I'm worth because there's, you know, other people that are going to take it. And I gotta, I gotta get a piece of the pie before anybody else takes it. And that's not really what's out there. Like, first of all, I can tell you that money is everywhere. There is, there is so much money out there for the, for the taking for business owners that you don't have to worry about it. It is there and in abundance. And if you can start to approach your business from more of an abundance mentality that there is plenty out there, there is plenty for everyone. I can not be afraid to charge, to, to show my value and to charge what I'm worth, to charge enough for my products. A lot of times people are afraid to charge for their products because they're like, well, nobody's going to, nobody's going to buy this. Well, guess what? 
people will pay for value and they will value it more if they actually pay for it. Does that make sense? You will help people more by charging what you're worth than you will by undercutting it. If you, if you, if you try to be the lowest price person, people will never take you seriously and they will never value it. They just won't. And I mean, I would even say, I would dare to guess that even if you're competing with other people who are taking pictures and doing recipes and, and you're still in that, in, in that race right now, I would dare to guess that you're probably better than a lot of them. Probably you're better than 90% of them, right? Because I've seen your pictures. Your pictures are really good. I don't know if you're also writing content, but your content is really good. I see a lot of bloggers and I see a lot of bad content and I see a lot of <laughs> bad pictures. Yeah. And you're not bad. You're really, 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 really good. And my guess is that anybody who has used you and who actually cares about the quality of the content that they're putting out there is willing to pay more for your product versus someone else's because it's better. Mm-hmm. I know I would be. I mean, I mean, that's just the truth. I'd rather pay more for something that is a higher standard that I don't have to go back and try to fix later because that's worth, that's worthwhile to me. So I would push back a little bit and say, you might think you can't charge more, but I dare to guess that you probably could. You might have fewer clients, but you'll be making just as much money because you'll be charging more of what you're worth and that will free up more of your time. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's true. And I think instead of, sometimes I almost feel like I'm not begging for work, but sometimes I'm just like, Hey guys, I'm available, you know, just a little too much. Like maybe I should just back it down a little bit and present myself a little bit more and maybe professionally, I would just like, Hey, you know, this is what I can do and kind of maybe put together a portfolio. If I'm going to continue doing that kind of work, I don't want to put too much effort into that. But if I am going to continue doing any of that kind of work to um, not just take whatever comes along, because <laughs> my time is more valuable used elsewhere. It's true. It's true. And people who are looking for that kind of work are not only looking for somebody who's going to do a good job, but they're going, to, they're looking for somebody who's going to do a professional job, get it done well and have it done right the first time, because that's what's worth paying for. So I think you're, I think you're good. I would charge more. I would charge more and, and take on fewer clients. How about that? For that, yep. let's solve that problem. I like we it. still have the problem of, we need to get you actually working on your business. Yes. And I don't want to make it sound like I really don't have time. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I guess I'm selling myself out here a little bit because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm so busy. What am I going to do, Ruth? <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I am, but I fill my time. I know I think this goes back to the setting goals. Um, you know, yesterday I worked till midnight, but on what? I don't know. I was kind of just popcorning all over on all kinds of tasks and not feeling like I was really driven by any specific goal. And I definitely have days where I don't do much. You know, I just feel stuck. And so I kind of hide out. Mm -hmm. And so getting myself past those days where I'm like, I just don't want to even get off the couch. I just can't even put this phone down. I don't want to look at my computer. So I definitely have those days that I need to get past that fear and be just feeling like I can't take that first step to do what I need to do today. 
Right. Um, and that's where, that's where I've got plenty of time. <laughs> So there is time to do it. It's just a matter of getting the motivation to do it. And that motivation does come with clarity and clarity comes by actually taking the time to sit down and think about what are the things that I want to accomplish. So what are like, what, if you were to think ahead to a year from now or two years from now, what, what does that look like? What does success look like? If you would look back and go, this was an amazing year. If you're looking back, if it's 2021, you're looking back at 2020 and you go, that was the best year ever. What happened? What did you accomplish? Um, a few things. The first thing that comes to mind is consistency because I am just so all over the place and I think it just stresses me out and that's not great. I don't want to be, you know, up real late, just trying to work on a blog post just to throw it up, make it live so that I've got something live that week. Um, I'd like to be more consistent and planning out how things are going to go, working on content that's going to be going live in a couple months, not right this second because I haven't posted anything in 10 days. Um, so the consistency of email and um, scheduling my social media, again, instead of just kind of going, oh my word, I haven't posted anything. I got to get something up. I feel very like hot mess mom, hot mess mom blogger here. That's how <laughs> I feel all the time. And I don't like it. I don't feel like it presents the best that I have to offer. And so that's, first of all, getting myself in order and getting myself organized and following a plan and having consistency in every area of what I'm doing um, with the blog um, is huge. But also then I would like to just be 100% a blogger. <laughs> like I, I feel like I quit my job, but I'm still working. <laughs> like I'm not going to an office, but I'm still doing the same thing I always was doing. So I want to finally 100% be able to be free just to pursue my business. Um, And then the way to do that, I would really like to see some successful products, some things that I'm proud of that are really helping people and that are selling well. Um, So whatever steps that needs, whatever steps I need to take to get to that point um, have to happen, you know, over the next year or two here to get me to that point where I'm like, okay, I'm making a good income off of things that I have made, I have created to fill a need. Um, I think those are the main three things. I don't want to tie it all back to money, but definitely I would like to be making more than I'm making now. Right. (laughs) Well, we all would, right? Yes. So those are actually pretty clear goals. And those are, I feel like those are very attainable for you. So having a very clear editorial calendar is something that you have planned out far in advance and are working farther, maybe two to three months in advance versus right at that moment, which if you have 30 posts in the queue, um, I hate to break it to you, but you can do that right now. Yeah. So I don't want you, I don't want you to write another blog post. You are not allowed to create any more content until you start working on your editorial calendar. Okay. 
Yes. So that is, and I want maybe work on, because again, we're coming up to the new year. So maybe work on having an editorial calendar planned out through say the end of March. So for Q1 2020, you have it planned out. Here's what I want to post on the blog. Here's what, how it's going to relate to my email, to what I'm going to do on email. And here's how it's going to relate to social media. So kind of start working on that plan for all three things at the same time. And that way you can overlap stuff. You can share content back and forth. You can, you can maximize your time and energy by planning that far in advance. Okay. Yes. So that's step one. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely know how to do this. Um, I just kind of fell apart with it a long time ago. I'd never jumped back on. Um, So I'm excited to get myself back, pulled back together here. I think that will actually help you a lot, especially with becoming more intentional with email and emailing your people and start to add in those promotions um, on a regular basis. So as you're planning your editorial calendar, this is a way of, of increasing your revenue. You should also be planning out how you're going to be, what you're going to be promoting and how you're going to be promoting things to your list on a regular basis. You know, you can probably be promoting stuff Um, At the very least, every week in a PS, you can be promoting something, whether it's an affiliate product or your own product. If you had more, you don't have many products, so it'd probably have to be more affiliate products than other stuff. But you could do a PS, but then maybe every other week or at least once a month doing some sort of flash sale or some bigger promotion um, so that you're regularly you're regularly making offers and selling things to your list because that's where your conversions are going to be. And then you can coordinate that if you want with your blog content and your social media content as well, which is going to help your revenue go up. Okay. Yes. I'm visualizing it now. Good. Very excited to create a spreadsheet. Oh, good. I love that. I love that. And that, and then, but then the other thing that you really need to start working on that we that we've already talked about a little bit is you've got to start growing your email list. So editorial calendar is one project. (laughs) Email growth is another project. You have got to, I don't, what is your onsite conversion rate? Do you know? I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Do you know how to figure that out? Yes, I do. I just haven't looked in a very, in a long time, months and months and months. I have no idea. Well, right now it's zero because yeah, well, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> right now it is zero. So, so it's, I do real, know. it's real easy to calculate. So yeah. basically yeah. that's good news because there's no place to go but up from here. But it does mean that you need to work real hard about at optimizing all of your posts and all of the traffic. You're getting 50,000 unique visitors a month. That's mm-hmm. a significant amount of traffic. So think about that. If you could get your onsite conversion rate to you know, 5%, that's a pretty decent number of people a month. How many, <laughs> I can't do the math off the top of my head. I should have picked something to be like 10%. So yeah. say it's 10%. Well, that's 5,000 people a month that you could be adding to your email list. So 5% would be 2,500. There we go. <laughs> we'll reverse engineer that. I didn't major in math, by the way. <laughs> um, so, but that's a lot of people like, think about that in, and even if it was only two and a half percent, which would not be great, that would be 1250, which is almost doubling your email list in one month from the amount of traffic that you're getting. And I think that you could probably do better than that. Mm-hmm. So when you start to think about it in those terms of how quickly you could start to add people to your list and how 
as you add people to your list, that is going to compound your opportunities for revenue growth, which means that if you're doing that consistently through 2020 and really focusing basically on those two things, you could, and then, well, and then the third thing is going to be starting to create products and the products that you already have, you need to start selling them. Yeah. So update them and they're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And looking for other, and I would say along with that is having some great products, but also for you, it's going to be really important to find some great affiliate partners that you can start promoting because you're not doing that at all. And I think there's a lot of opportunities in your niche because it's so broad. Um, there's so many great opportunities for really, really good, healthy, well-paying affiliate programs that you could be promoting and adding in. And that'll give you something to talk about in your emails. And I think could be really, really amazing for you. So those three things will be a game changer. If you do those three things consistently for this, for the next year, by, I promise you by this time next year, when we talk, you will not be doing any VA work. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) And your revenue will be way up and your traffic will probably be up. Like everything will be up across the board and you'll be, and you won't care as much about your traffic because your email list will be kind of your bread and butter. Right. I can see it. I can taste it. I know. I want to make it happen. Good. I want you to make it happen too. And I think you can. You feeling good about it? I am. I'm feeling very good. Awesome. It's just what I needed. I just really needed a kick in the pants. And I just <laughs> to feel like energized again because I haven't felt excited about this in a long time. And that excitement, while it will wear off here and there, you know, but it'll get me going. And yeah. I can build build something that will carry, you know, carry on. Carry you know, days when I don't feel excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, honestly, I think that it's normal to feel the way that you're feeling, especially when you have some big life change. It kind of gets you into this like um, panic safety mode. How do I stay safe? And that's normal, but that doesn't mean you, you shouldn't be pushing yourself. And I think for you, especially being now that you're at home working by yourself, finding a good support system is also going to be key. So who, what people are you going to have in your life that are pushing you and encouraging you. Are you, I don't know, are you a member of our doing it scared community? No, not yet. You need to get in there because for multiple reasons. First of all, we talk about goals all the time. Like that's what it's really about is creating your goals. And then we have this, a planning rhythm that you're planning your week every single week so that you're actually staying on track and staying focused for your goals. I think something like that would be really, really, really good for you and really helpful for you just to stay, stay focused and stay motivated and have a support system of people to where you can say like, I'm not feeling motivated today. I need a kick in the pants. Give me a kick in the pants and you'll get a kick in the pants. <laughs> so that's going to be important. But finding people in real life, I think is going to be important for you too. Do you have anyone in real life? Well, my husband is my biggest support. He is like my biggest cheerleader and I don't like when he kicks me in the pants. (laughs) I tend to kick right back. Um, So maybe that's not the best role for him. Um, But he definitely supports me. And if I say, listen, hon, I, you know what? I just need to go to a cafe and be alone with my work for like four hours. And he'll give me that. Like he, he believes in me and he believes in what I'm doing. He understands a lot about blogging because I talk about it all the time. 
so he's number one and thank God I have him because it would be difficult if he wasn't supporting me. Um, but, and I, you know, all of my friends and family are very supportive. They just don't know much about this. So I have thought about maybe getting a coach or somebody that can at least for a short amount of time really help me through some, you know, some goal setting and kind of hold my hand, (laughs) push me a little bit for a short time anyways, might be helpful. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's not a bad idea. It's always, it's always helpful to have somebody, especially like I said, I mean, the same thing goes for you as, as any of the people that are on your list that you're selling to is that you will get more value if you're investing in something that's kind of, because all of a sudden you're like, well, I guess I have to take this seriously now because I'm paying, I'm paying for this advice. Now it really means something. Um, So yeah, that I would definitely look into something like that. But again, like the doing it scared coaching program is would sounds like it would be probably a really good fit or at least a good place to start. Yep. Definitely. Awesome. Well, Carissa, thank you so much for just being open and sharing, sharing your business. And I am excited to see what happens for you. Thank you. I'm so excited too. You know, Carissa has been struggling with an issue that affects everyone, at least from time to time. And that is the struggle to get out of the weeds and actually make real progress towards something bigger. Right now, she's stuck in sort of a doom cycle, spending most of her time doing work for other bloggers because it's safe and familiar and it means instant money, which she needs to pay her mortgage. And yet all that time spent on other people means there's not much left time left for her own stuff, which means that instead of growing, her business is becoming stagnant, which then forces her to continue doing more VA work to pay the bills. But there's something just a little bit deeper going on here too. As Carissa herself admitted, it's not just a time problem, it's a motivation problem. Because after taking the big step of quitting her job to work on her business full-time, it was almost like she became paralyzed with fear and overwhelm, not really able to focus on anything because it all just felt so scary. And the thing is, that's totally normal too. It's normal to be scared when you take a big risk. It's normal to feel overwhelmed by all the things when you have a really big goal in front of you that you haven't really taken the time to define. But that doesn't mean it's okay to stay stuck in that fear. And instead, it's time for Carissa to map out a plan and then to start taking action because that action will then in turn motivate her to take more action. So just to recap, these were the five biggest action steps that we identified Carissa needs to take right now. First, she needs to take a step back and spend some time identifying her big goals for the coming year. She needs to get crystal clear on a few big things that she wants to accomplish for her own business this year so that she can then break down those big goals into monthly, weekly, and daily actions which will help her start prioritizing her own business and her own tasks and her own goals above everything else. Second, to help her get out of the tyranny of the urgent and all that last minute scrambling, Carissa needs to create an editorial calendar that will allow her to start planning ahead. Luckily, she's already got plenty of content created that she can plug in. And for Carissa, the big advantage of planning ahead will be that she can be way more strategic about sharing her content again across various platforms on social media and an email and on her blog 
And she can also be much more intentional about actually baking in promotions into her plan. She needs to start selling things because the reality is that if Carissa wants to make more money from her own business, she needs to sell more things. This is the way she's going to do it. Then third, Carissa needs to get serious about growing her email list. Now, this starts by actually giving people the opportunity to opt in, which she doesn't even have on her site right now. But then it also works by focusing on increasing that on-site conversion rate. And since right now she's at zero, there's really no place for her to go but up. But since she's actually getting a decent amount of traffic to her blog, she could easily start adding 2,000 to 3,000 people a month to her list without that much effort. That would be organic list growth that she wouldn't be paying for. And this would be huge for her revenue, especially if she's able to start emailing and selling to her list more regularly. Fourth, Carissa needs a few more things to sell. And that means that she needs to add more products to her lineup, as well as find some strategic affiliate partners that she can start promoting. In her niche, which is pretty broad, this actually shouldn't be too difficult. There are tons of affiliate programs to choose from. The great news is that as she begins building a real relationship with her audience, they will actually start telling her what they need and what they're looking for more and more. And this will make finding the right products to promote even easier. And then finally, Carissa would be well advised to add a little more accountability to her life. You know, it's really hard to stay motivated when you're working from home all by yourself. So finding a good rhythm and a community of people who help keep you on track can be a lifesaver. I suggested starting with our Doing It Scared coaching program just because I think that Carissa would specifically benefit from the weekly planning sessions. All in all, though, I think Carissa now has a really good plan to get herself unstuck, and I am so excited to see what happens for her in the next few months. In the meantime, don't forget that if you would like to get all the show notes for this episode, along with the links to everything that we just talked about, the links to Carissa's site and anything else that we mentioned, you can find it all at doitscared.com slash episode 84. Once again, get all the show notes and links on our website at doitscared.com slash episode 84. And then while you're there, be sure to also take our fear assessment to find out exactly how fear might be holding you back. And then if you have a business or if you've been thinking about starting a business, be sure to go take our free training at doitscared.com slash EBA. And then before we go, I just want to say, as always, that I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about what we talked about today or any other topics you would like to see addressed here on the Do It Scared podcast, any guests you would like to see interviewed, please feel free to reach out either via email or just by messaging me on Instagram. And that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared with Ruth Suka podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, I would love it if you would post a review on iTunes. And then while you're there, be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. And speaking of coming upcoming episodes, be sure to join me next week as I chat with youpreneur Chris Ducker about learning how to leverage your business's greatest asset, yourself. Chris is such a great guy and has so much good advice to share, not just about being a business owner, but about really, truly understanding yourself. Guys, this one is one you will not want to miss, and I will catch you then.